Thank you for joining us here today at Calvary Church, where we are committed to loving God and loving people. If you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are, visit us online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, Steve McDonald. Hello, Calvary, and welcome to episode one of a four-week message series, a brand new series that's going to take us right through the month of February, the month of relationships, and this series is called Relationship Status. Now, whether you're a curious friend or maybe it's a socials app that's looking for more profile details, when you and I are asked what our relationship status is, there's an ever-growing list of options, of possible answers to that question, ranging everything from it's complicated or in a relationship. Uh, Some would say, you know, just friends or not interested. Others would say it's over, but only one of us knows about it. While still others would say, broken up, together again. Broken up, together again. Now, that last one I identify with because before I met my beautiful bride many years ago, I was in a long relationship. That, that, was, the, that was the description of my relationship status. On again, off again, on again, off again. Are you guys together this week? One week, broken up. The next week, together again. Then broken up. Then together again, it gets a little confusing after a while. But simply stated, your relationship status is how you identify your relationship with someone. And whether you're single or in a committed partnership, you have, all of you, a relationship status. And maybe more than one of them. Now as humans, we're social beings. And so we associate with many different people in our life. We share different types of relationships with them. Friendships, partnerships, family relationships, business relationships, romantic relationships, and even marriage. You and I were created, all of us, for connection. And it's important that we understand that God, in his infinite wisdom, gave us his word. Gave us this book to guide us on how to live successfully in community. Now, ultimately, this message series is designed to help you see how your relationship with God, that one very important relationship, impacts every other relationship that you have, no matter what the status, and that each of us needs to learn that when we put him first, when we elevate that relationship, it helps us to love and serve the people around us in a more effective way. So, As a solid starting point to this series, I want to pose a question, as I like to do, uh, and I want you to think about it for a minute, because sometimes we're quick to respond to this, but we don't always take the inventory that maybe God wants us to, to examine our hearts, to see how, how truly things are going. So today I want to ask you what your relationship status with God is. And I think the truth that you need to be crystal clear about today is this. If if you've received Christ, uh, then then you are something significant. You're a child of God. But some of you may say, and you may look at your relationship with God and say, oh, I'm fine. I'm in a relationship. Others may say, well, Pastor Steve is complicated. 
Maybe some others would still say, you know what, I was in a relationship. Or I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in a, uh, a relationship adjacent situation. Meaning, like, I go to church every Sunday. I hang out with people that love God, so I must love God too. If they have a relationship with him and I hang around them enough, then I must have that myself. Not necessarily. And so again, the truth that you need to know is that if you follow Christ, if you know him, then you, regardless of how that status or how people would label you, you are a child of God. A relationship that you have that will ensure the stability, the success, and the growth of every relationship that you find yourself involved in. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, the Apostle Paul, he, he's writing to the Galatians, and he says this, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now let's stop there for a minute. Because the Greek word for adoption to sonship is actually a legal term referring to the full legal standing of an adopted male heir back in the Roman culture. So there's some weight to this description, this adoption to sonship. And because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. Now, Abba is actually Aramaic for, for father. So that's that terminology there. That also shows us the kind of relationship we're talking about. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you, listen, an heir. Now that's a, that's a powerful word. Because you and I are also in some pretty good company when it comes to who's an heir in this relationship. Romans 8, 17, Paul also says, and if we are his children and we are heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with who? With Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So we don't have to strive to work to earn God's favor. As his children, we already have his favor. We're joint heirs with Christ. We have the same status as Christ before our heavenly Father. His rights have been made our rights. And these rights are not merited by us. Listen, they were obtained through the death and resurrection of Jesus. It was his sacrifice. It was nothing that we could do to make it happen. We were made righteous through Christ. Now today, most people would say that the most important relationship in their life is maybe their spouse or their children, or maybe even a really good friend. And you know what? They would all be wrong, all of them. Now, don't get me wrong. All of these relationships are important. We need them in our lives. But none of them carry the, the weight or the eternal significance that your relationship with God does. So today I want to talk to you about some practical ways that we can strengthen that relationship. Now, I think over time, some people have romantically framed successful relationships kind of like a well-written rom-com or a Taylor Swift song. Once upon a time, the planets and the fates and all the stars aligned, you and I ended up in the same room 
at the same time. That sounds great, doesn't it? But many people, that's how they think, that, that everything has to line up just perfectly. In other words, right place, right time, right circumstances. This magic moment when everything comes together perfectly. As if we can somehow mastermind all the variables to create just the right formula to make it all work. But sadly, this dreamlike picture has become a source of a lot of unrealistic and unhealthy expectations when it comes to having happy relationships and healthy ones, from friendships right through to romantic ones. Many relationships over time crash and burn simply because they cannot and will not deliver on that fantasy. When our relationships don't pan out or line up with the lyrics of the song, people get hurt. They become disillusioned and they close up shop. They're not willing to step out again because of the fear that they could be hurt. And often, these same feelings get kind of unknowingly dragged into our relationship with God. Instead of growing as disciples, instead of growing as disciplined ones, we think that when we walk with Christ, that it should all be sunshine and roses every day. Instead of a, a battle or a race to be run or a race to be endured. Some of you might say, well, amen, pastor. I've got a spouse that needs to be endured, like on a daily basis. Or I've got friendships that seem more like hardships, like it's a never-ending battle. It's just constant. But you know what? There's no such thing as a bubble of perfect conditions where healthy relationships exist and thrive. It's just not real. And we do live in a real world that still requires Stepping out in faith, it requires forgiveness. It requires holding on to hope. It requires uh, an understanding that, that there is someone who can heal the hurt and the pain that we drag around with us. And that's the good news. We can have a real relationship with the God who provides all of those things and, and so much more. We are his children, and he he's our father. Our relationship status with him determines the the health and success of every relationship status we will ever have. John chapter 1, verses 12 to 13 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God, you and I, born of God. We may not be able to orchestrate the perfect conditions for amazing, perfect relationships, but we can trust the one who has planned our days even before the world began. The right place, right time, right circumstances are all in the hands of our Father God. And while we were still messed up, While we were not looking for God at all, he put a plan in motion to rescue us. His relationship status for us, even when we didn't deserve it, was fully committed. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. In other words, this is how much he loves you. 
that while we were still sinners, Christ still died for us. And through a growing relationship with him, we're going to grow into every other relationship that we have. God is our, he's our creator. He's our Lord and Savior, our King. He's our strength. He's our refuge. He's our best friend, our, our brother, our help, our healer, our comforter, our counselor. He's everything to all of us. And he loves us so much that he gave what was most precious to him. He gave his beloved son to die for our sake. And if we believe in him, we don't have to take that, that uh, everlasting punishment, that eternal punishment that we deserve because we have life everlasting. Romans 5.8, right? It confirms that God loves us unconditionally. Even while we were still sinners, he put that plan in motion that he laid down his life for us, even though we didn't deserve it. Most of our friends, even many of our family that love us, would not lay it all down for us. Not like that. But the love of God towards us is unconditional. And above every other love that we will ever see or experience. You know, Zechariah 2.8 talks about whoever touches you touches the apple of God's eye. Now that expression, the apple of his eye, it indicates that we are precious to him. That we're incredibly valuable to him. We're his prized possession. And the relationship that we share with him is, is very special can never take it for granted. And no one or no thing can ever fill his shoes in our lives. Completeness in your life doesn't come in the form of another person. It only comes in knowing him. We are incomplete and lost without him. So what's our part in this relationship that we're talking about, our relationship with the Father God? Matthew twenty two thirty seven to 38 says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So the first and greatest commandment from our part for the relationship with God is to put him first, to give everything we have to pursuing him, to give all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. Now, as easy as that is to read on a Sunday morning or to open up and to see in our Bible, it's a lot more challenging in real life because there's just so many things today competing for first place in our lives. So what's God's part in this relationship? 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, God has made a great many promises. They are all yes because of what Christ has done. So through Christ, we say amen. We want to God to receive all the glory. So he is, he's forever faithful to always keep his word. And all his promises are yes and amen. He is very serious about this relationship. He is fully committed. So today, as you hear these words, as you listen to this message, maybe you need a, a heart change um, maybe you've been approaching all of your relationships the wrong way. And your identity, your wounds, and your future, listen, they can all be rewritten in him when you begin to see yourself as a child of God. You're not an orphan. You're not on the outside looking in. 
you are a child of God. Our fully committed God is looking for fully committed followers. So today I want to invite you into this process of strengthening your relationship with God. And the first thing that we need to do is to let the God who designed you define you. I'm, I'm going to say, God, you're right, and I'm not. Just right off the, off the bat, I'm not going to live according to my feelings or my emotions. I'm going to choose to live according to the word of God. I'm going to make that decision. Why? Because he created me. Why on earth would I walk away from the manufacturer's uh, instructions uh, and, and wander when he's the one who put me together? He's the one who put you together. And he designed relationships to help us, not to harm us, to bring us closer to him. And so don't walk away from the good book, from the manufacturer's instructions on how we're to make these relationships work. That's why the psalmist David says in Psalm 139, 13 to 16, he says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, all my days, my purpose, his future for us. My, my future, his plan, all ordained for me, written in your book before one of them came to be. That's the most pro-life statement you could ever find in Scripture to define the, the value of life and why we fight for it. You're not just an accident. God has designed you with great purpose. Next thing that we need to do is to, to see God the right way. Many of us have skewed perspectives on who God is and what his intentions are in our lives. Healthy, successful relationships come from an understanding that, that God loves you more than anybody else ever will, despite even what you did last night or what you thought this morning when you woke up. Despite all those things, he still loves you. In verse 17 of this same Psalm, 139, he says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. You are always on his mind. Those thoughts, they cannot, the psalmist says, be numbered. He doesn't always approve of what you do or what you think, but you need to be sure of the fact that he loves you, and he stands at the ready to forgive you and give you another chance. He doesn't determine your, your future according to what he's forgiven in your past. He's not frustrated with you. He's not annoyed with you. He believes in you. He believes in who you're becoming in him. As a matter of fact, he believes in you more than you do. That's the truth. Next thing that we need to do is to allow God to, to heal our heart. A lot of us are walking around kind of Wounded, wounded soldiers. God sees how your heart can be healed and he sees how, how he can erase all the labels that, that have been on there, all the hurts that you've been given by other people. And maybe some of those labels and hurts you've, you've done to yourself. But either way, he wants to rewrite the story of your life as a child of God, as a joint heir with Christ. But listen to me, it will never happen 
unless you allow him to do it. You need to open it all up and say to him, as the psalmist says in 139, Psalm 139, 23 to 24, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is anything in there that's, that's offensive. You have to give God permission to heal your heart. And then finally, all of that builds towards this. As the psalmist writes, we need to invite God into your future. And honestly say to him, from this day forward, I am going to, to live my life for you. Psalm 139 outlines this, in, this entire process of moving your relationship status with him from it's complicated or not in a relationship all the way through to fully committed. Psalm 139 verse 24 says, lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's not just talking about heaven. That's talking about right now. Everlasting life doesn't start the day that you draw your last breath and walk through the pearly gates. It starts the moment you say yes to him and invite him into your heart. You see, joy, life, and fulfillment, all of these things have a path that God's inviting you to walk on in relationship with him. He's fully committed to you. Will you be fully committed to him? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for how fully committed you are to us that you gave what was most precious to you. You gave your son, that we could be forgiven of our sins, that we could find our righteousness in you. And today we pray for every person that's here in the church today or watching on our online campus, and we pray that, that each of us would allow you to, to heal our hearts, even if there's been things that have caused us to to kind of close up and not open up to community or to new relationships. I pray for those that are hurt today that you would heal them, that you would touch them. That God, that you would help them to grow in, in their understanding of the fact that the stronger their relationship is with you, that Lord, the stronger their relationship is with those around them. And today I would be remiss if we didn't pray for all of those that that define their relationship with you as unknown. They're still asking questions, still searching. Well, today, maybe your searching has brought you to this moment to say yes to him, to understand that he fully committed to you and that today you're going to fully commit to him, that you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. If you believe that, you will be saved. And God will transform you so from wherever you are, whether you're home, whether you're here in the auditorium here at the church, whether you're in a hotel traveling on the road uh, or on the other side of the world, wherever you are, God is with you right now and he loves you. He deeply loves you and believes in you even more than you believe in yourself. So if that's you today and you say, Pastor Steve, I need to know him like you're talking about. My relationships are, are a mess or they're incredibly challenging and I need his help to navigate that minefield. Pray this prayer with me, Lord Jesus. I recognize that you gave your life and died on a cross for me for the forgiveness of my sin and I thank you for it. I ask you to forgive me, to come into my heart, to be my Lord and Savior and I confess you as my Lord. 
And I pray that the joy that fills my heart will be a joy that I cannot contain, a joy that I take and spread to everyone I know, that the hope of heaven that has changed me, that I will forever be committed to proclaim that hope to every person I come in contact with. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God's best, Calvary. You guys have an amazing week, and we look forward to to being with you again. But this week, let's live our lives together as we come together in small groups, as we spend time daily in prayer and, and, and time in the Word. Let's grow stronger in that relationship so that every relationship we had would benefit from it. God's best.